Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to day five of our look through 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to take a broader look today at how do you know right from wrong in your life, or whether it's right or wrong for you to do in the moment. How do I decide if something is morally right or wrong? And when you look at this in the scripture, you're going to find that the idea of morality is above just the Ten Commandments, a list of rules and regulations. It also has to do with relationships, our relationship with God, and our relationship with other people can decide if something is right or wrong. We just looked yesterday at the fact that Paul said, it's a sin if I hurt another believer. Even though it could be right for me, quote unquote, legally, it's still wrong. It is a sin if I hurt someone else. So how do I decide? How do I walk through this? I thought it might be good at the end of this week of looking at 1 Corinthians 8, just to walk through based on 1 Corinthians 8 and some other verses in the scripture just 10 things in my life, in your life, to, to walk through when I'm questioning, is something right or something wrong? These are guidelines from the guidebook. Uh, I've always thought the Bible is uh, one of the greatest guidebooks that you can imagine. It's the map for life, how to get through life. There's a lot of people, as we walk through these principles, who are a little uncomfortable with what we're going to be talking about, because they want the Bible to be the kind of uh, book that is uh, a rule book. Just give me the list. I looked at, you know, section 13, paragraph 5, subparagraph 3, and then I know what I'm supposed to do. That's not the way the Scripture talks to us. God speaks to us relationally. So we're going to talk about priorities. We're going to talk about how to do what God wants us to do. How do I know right from wrong in a certain situation? How do I decide? The first of these are going to be fairly obvious, and then we're going to see the depth of God's Word as we walk through these. How do I know right from wrong? Ten questions. If the answer to any of these is yes, then that activity for you is morally wrong. Question number one, does the Bible specifically say no? If the Bible specifically says not to do it, then it's wrong for me to do. That's an obvious one. It may not be obvious in some of the areas of life that we think about because we haven't studied God's word. Obviously, we're not supposed to kill. Thou shalt not kill. But how about other things like moral choices, like, uh, like gambling? Proverbs 13, 11 says money that comes easily disappears quickly, but money that's gathered little by little will grow. There are principles in God's word with some of these habits that help us to realize if I can win it all, it's going to disappear just as quickly. So why would I want to invest one moment in that? Or we talked yesterday, how about drinking? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 20, don't drink too much wine or eat too much food. Don't drink too much. Ephesians 5 says don't get drunk on wine. That's pretty clear. There's a lot of verses about drinking in the Bible, what to drink, what not to drink. Yeah, Jesus and his disciples drank. They, had a, they, they drank wine, but they, didn't get, they could not be right and get drunk. The Scripture is very clear about that. There's all kinds of things in this, whether the Bible says yes or no, that have to do with our lives today and how we live. What does the Bible have to say about television? What does the Bible have to say about movies? What does the Bible have to say about smoking, about drugs? The truth is you have to go to the principles of God's Word there. And we're going to see some of those principles exhibited as we walk through this list. But as you walk through this list, realize that it's really not so much about your list as living out God's Word in your life. The legalist always wants to give you their list. But the one who wants to love is always looking for, how can I live out God's will? And the first part of living out God's will is, as I read through God's word, am I seeing someplace where God's specifically telling me, no, don't do this? He might be telling everybody no, or he might come across a verse where he specifically says no to you about a certain activity. Well, don't do that. That's how you know right from wrong. Second question, 
Does it give the appearance of evil? 1 Thessalonians 5.22 talks about this. Don't do anything that has the appearance of evil. Ephesians 5 says don't even have the hint of immorality. Uh, as believers, I know that sometimes we play a game of what I call spiritual chicken. We see how close we can get to the line of sin without really sinning. And the scripture says to know right from wrong, you don't try to get close to the line. You don't even get a hint of the line of right from wrong. You stay away from that line. You don't even get close if you know that it's wrong. So how do I know if it's right or wrong? If I'm getting close to that line, it's wrong. It's wrong for me. It's wrong for you. It's wrong according to God's word because he says don't even have an appearance of evil in your life. Third question, does it cause me to associate with the wrong people? Is this right or wrong for me? Well, if it causes me to associate with the wrong people, then I'm gonna be in trouble in my life. We're going to see later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. If I associate with the wrong partners, if I let other people into my life in such a way that they become an influence on my life or go in the wrong direction, it's going to hurt me. I've got to realize I influence others, but others also influence me. Now, that does not mean that you're not salt and light to a world who doesn't have Jesus. You don't go places where there are unbelievers. It does mean that those who are not following Jesus don't become your best friends that you don't spend the most of your time with those who have different values than those of Christ because you realize how strongly you can be influenced by others. Does it cause me to associate with the wrong people? Question number four, does it control my life? If it controls my life, then it's wrong for me. We looked at this back in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If something controls my life, then it's wrong for me. So is smoking wrong? Well, if it becomes an addiction and it controls your life, yes. And the chances, if you look at the statistics about this, that a first-time smoker will become addicted is 9 in 10. Gamblers Anonymous estimates 12 million compulsive gamblers in this country. The potential for the addiction of something like gambling or smoking is very high. So why would I want to get involved in something like that when the Scripture says, don't let anything become the leader, the master of your life, except for Jesus Christ? Now, I could give you, I, I sort of did already, and I... I I'm a little bit nervous about the fact that I mentioned a couple of things because I could give you a list of things that we become addicted to, enslaved by, and then you just say, I'll, I'll stay away from that little list. The truth is, you can get addicted to just about anything. You can get enslaved by just about anything. It could be watching TV. It could be exercise. It could be your pet, your goldfish. It could be some hobby. It could be just about anything that begins to control your life. When you realize you're thinking about something all the time, it's leading your life. So does it control my life? If the answer is yes, you say no to it. Number five, and we looked at this in 1 Corinthians 6 also, does it violate God's temple? God's temple is your body. God's temple is that spirit of Christ living in you. And some people have made of the cathedral of God an ashtray, of the temple of God a garbage dump, of the residence of the presence of God a, just a biological machine, a sexual machine. If it violates God's temple, the answer is no. Even if you can't find a specific verse about it, if you know it's violating God's temple, what you're going to eat, what you're going to put in your mouth, what you're going to do with your body, the answer is no, I'm not going to do that because I want to do what's right in God's sight because I know he loves me. He made me to do what's right. That's where I best connect with him and the world around me. Question number six, and it's the one that we're focusing on this week, is does it cause a weaker brother or sister to stumble? It's morally wrong to hurt a brother and sister in Christ for whom Christ died. And we've focused on that one this week. Question number seven, is it being done apart from faith? Anything that is done without believing it is right is a sin, Romans 14, 23 says. 
If I believe it's wrong, if I can't have faith that it's the right thing to do, then don't do it. Now, I'm not talking about false guilt. Some people go on guilt trips and make even good things wrong, like your sexual relationship with your spouse. They make it even wrong because of things that other people have put into their head. I'm not talking about what the world might tell you is wrong or your conscience tells you is wrong. Faith comes from hearing God's word, not listening to your conscience. So it's faith based on God's word that tells you some things that you can't do, and it tells you some things that you can do. And if based on God's word, as you're reading his word, your faith says don't do that, you don't do that. In fact, not only do you not do that, you realize that would be morally wrong for me to do. Question number eight, is it against the law? Is it against the law of the land? Romans 13 tells us that we have to obey the government. God's put the government in place for a reason. So if it breaks a law, then I don't do it. Now, you don't agree with the law? Then get the law changed. You have that right here in America, at least. Other places, then you're going to have to live with that law. Is it a law that is against the law of God? The early apostles taught us that they preached even though there was a law against it. Then you realize you might need to take the consequences of the law. But you know you always are living under the authority of that law. Most of the time, it's not about preaching. It's about drugs or it's about some other thing that people say, well, I don't believe in that law, so I'm going to do what I, I think is right. Well, the scripture says, if there's a law against it, then it's wrong for me to do. Number nine is, uh, have I fallen into legalism? We talked about this yesterday. You can be doing the right thing for the wrong reason, and so it's morally wrong. Some people, this might shock you, some people going to church are morally wrong. They're going to church to buy God off. They're going to church to get God to get their business in a better situation. They're going to church to get God to save them. They're going to church to make up for some past wrong. They're morally wrong because the only way you can become right with God is through Jesus Christ. So if there's some legalism behind it, I feel like I'm living this list of rules and now God has to love me, then that's wrong. Have I fallen into legalism? And then there's a the 10th question. And this may be the only one many of us need. Number 10, does it draw me away from Jesus? Just a basic rule in my life, if there's something I'm doing that makes me feel further from the Lord as I do it, don't do it. Why would I do that? If it makes me feel further from who Jesus wants to be in my life, who I need him, the strength that I need from him in my daily life. If it makes you feel further from Jesus, then you don't do it. If it causes you to feel closer to Jesus, then you do it. You act on that. Does it draw me away from Jesus? And when we talk about right and wrong and deciding that, we prayed yesterday for God's wisdom. I want to pray today together for God's strength in that, that we can live out the strength of our character and convictions. Lord, as you give us wisdom, I pray you'd give us strength. And I pray as followers of Jesus Christ, you would help me, you'd help us together to be people of conviction, people who are living out who you've made us to be, not based on some fearful attitude that somehow you're going to punish us if we don't do this or do do that in the wrong way, but instead based on love, a conviction that's based on love that the world around us can look at and see. Those are people who are shining brightly because of Jesus Christ in them. Jesus, give us that strength. Give us that ability in this world today because we want people to be drawn to you. And we humble ourselves and ask that even through our lives, as imperfect as we are, that you would grow us and you'd change us and you'd give us new convictions so people can see who you are, Jesus. Let your love shine through us, we pray. In your name, amen. Next week, we look at chapter nine together. Paul continues to talk about the powerful impact 
that God can make through your life, when you understand how freedom and rights and sacrifice and love work together. Mm -hmm.